Ready to start talking to your kids about financial literacy? Meet Greenlight, the debit card and money app that teaches kids and teens how to earn, save, spend wisely, and invest with your guardrails in place. Parents can send instant money transfers, automate allowance, and more. Plus, keep an eye on spending with real-time notifications. Join more than 6 million families building healthy financial habits together on Greenlight. Get your first month free at greenlight.com slash odyssey. That's greenlight.com slash odyssey. A word of warning to our Strangeville listeners. This episode may contain mature subject matter and adult language. If you've ever sat down and listened to a police scanner, then you know it's not always the most exciting way to spend your free time. Odds are you'll hear a lot of dead air, static, and voices you can't quite understand. Even when there is a flurry of activity, what's actually going on can still be pretty tough to figure out. To the untrained ear, police code just sounds like, well, like this. But if you listen long enough, you'll learn that police don't have a code for everything. For example, anyone tuned into the Houston police scanner on the evening of Sunday, May 9th, 2021, would have heard this question. Does he have the tiger? Does he have the tiger? Followed by this response. Unknown at the moment. Unknown at the moment. For Vault Studios, I'm Will Johnson. Welcome to Strangeville. Okay, I'm trying to remember. What exactly is today's episode supposed to be about? It is about a tiger. Ah, right, right, a tiger. You're probably wondering what led to this strange back and forth on the Houston police scanner. Well, it started when residents of a neighborhood in West Houston got an alert on their phones from one of those neighborhood watch apps, where users report what they see going on in their communities. The alert said there was a tiger on the loose. Give me that. Give me my phone. Get back, Junior. Okay. Oh. You do? It's someone's pet. This is from a video sent to local news station KHOU by some of their viewers, a West Houston family who got that bizarre phone notification and drove over to see what was going on, if there really was a tiger on the loose. Spoiler alert, there was. A tiger in my neighborhood. There's a freaking tiger. It has a collar. It is somebody's pet. The video shows a Bengal tiger roaming freely around the front yard of a home on a quiet residential street. As these neighbors are sitting in their car filming, a child in the back of the vehicle offers a pretty astute observation. Yeah, that's going to be a serious problem. Smart kid. It was going to be a serious problem. I'm Adam Bennett, and I'm a multi-skilled journalist at KHOU, and I've been here for a little bit more than six years. When Adam Bennett woke up on that Sunday morning, I'm going to go out on a limb and guess he didn't expect he'd end up covering a loose tiger all week. So this is May 9th. It's a Sunday. It's Mother's Day. It's about 8 o'clock that evening. And this is in the Fleetwood neighborhood of West Houston, right? So if you can picture it, it's just an upscale neighborhood, a lot of young families, great schools nearby, parks, hike and bike trails, lots of people out walking their their kids, their dogs. And about 8 o'clock, there's a man named Jose Ramos, who lives on Ivy Wall Drive. And he looks outside his window, and he sees what appears to be a tiger in the lawn of the house across the street. This house is empty, it's for sale, but there's a tiger just 
casually walking around the front yard. And at one point, it even lays down in the front yard with its paws out like it's, you know, my, my dog or something, chilly in the, you know, getting some sun out in the backyard. Here's Jose Ramos, the man who first spotted the tiger. That made me come out of the house and then really confirm there was a tiger in front of my house. It was very scary because they're all, this is a very family um, oriented community and you see lots of kids and babies strolling and, um, and, and people taking their, you know, their pets or dogs and walking them. So again, the, the first thing I thought, you know, was just to alert the community. And he, like everybody that sees this animal, can't believe his eyes. So he takes a picture of the tiger, he posts it to a neighborhood blog, and also calls 911. And he even said, the 911 operator was like, um, who do you want me to send? <laughs> How do I handle this situation? As Jose is on the phone with 911, neighbors who saw the post start showing up, wanting to see the tiger for themselves. Among them is an off-duty sheriff's deputy. He doesn't know what to think of this either, but he's like, you know what, let me go over and just see what this is, see if this is legit. Sure enough, he finds out that it is. So he works to kind of create a perimeter, clear the street, make sure everybody's a safe distance back. And at that point, the tiger, it's kind of walking around and it starts walking towards him, not even in his own words, not in a super aggressive manner. He says that's one of the reasons he didn't feel the need to shoot it, though he did have his gun, his gun with him. But it starts, I would say it probably got within 15 feet of him. The tiger looked like it was not a super aggressive. It did stalk me across the road, but it did not look super aggressive. The last thing I wanted to do was shoot that tiger. So, um, and again, I think that's why it was easier for me to have more control of my weapon. It, it, the tiger was, it didn't seem super aggressive. And meanwhile, you see a couple of other neighbors, they're out, they're taking cell phone videos. They're also in disbelief. He's about to attack. Dude brought a gun. Ooh, he better go. Oh, look. Don't kill him. And as that tiger is moving towards him and he has his gun drawn, a man, a young man, comes running out of a house nearby. He's got a white t-shirt on, looks like gray pants. He's saying, don't kill him, don't kill him. And this sheriff's deputy claims that the man said it was his tiger. And the deputy's saying, take that tiger back inside, take him inside. And the guy goes, I will, I will. And you see him run up to the tiger, the guy in the white shirt, kiss it on the forehead, and then kind of corral it back inside. The deputy then says about five minutes later, this same guy who brought the tiger inside brings it out to a white SUV, puts it in that vehicle, and the deputy says he was trying to keep the guy on the scene. Just, you know, he said he identified himself as law enforcement. Hey man, you need to stay here. But he says the guy peeled out, his words, peeled out across his neighbor's yard and took off right as a police car was pulling up with its overheads on. The cops try to follow the white SUV, but can't quite keep up. They ended up losing sight of the car, the SUV, and thus began the Tiger Saga that would captivate us all that week. Here's a question you might be asking yourself. Can anyone just own a tiger? Turns out that's a surprisingly complicated question, at least in Texas. Basically, there's no real statewide regulation banning tiger ownership. It really varies county to county. 
In parts of Harris County, where Houston is located, you can own a tiger lawfully. But in the city of Houston itself, not so much. So in Houston, like a lot of large cities in Texas, it is not legal to own a tiger, with some very few exceptions. For example, if you're an accredited zoo, but your average person, they are not allowed to have a tiger within Houston city limits. It's a Class C misdemeanor, which is like a traffic ticket here. So maximum of $500 fine, no jail time. Uh, so not, not super, super strict. Again, the home where this tiger was spotted is in city limits. So, no, there wasn't supposed to be a tiger there. So I talked to the property owner, and he says that even, like, he didn't really know what was going on in there. Uh, he said that, you know, that when they, they rented the house about six months earlier from him, they used a different name on the application. He says that when he asked him about a pet deposit, they said, oh, no, we don't need to do that. We don't have any pets. They didn't even pay a pet deposit. They said they have no pets. The owner told me he had no idea there was a tiger living there, but admits something seemed off. My partner uh, was kind of suspicious because they would never let us go in to make repairs. When we said, and, and he was actually last week asked me, they're kind of suspicious that we need to do something to get into the house. And I'm glad we didn't. <laughs> so I don't think anybody really knew what was going on inside that house. Good morning. I'm Commander Ron Borza, Houston Police Department, Major Offenders Division. Uh, the next morning, Houston police hold a press conference, as if to confirm to the public that this wasn't all just some bizarre dream. There was a brief pursuit, and the, uh, the man got away with the tiger. Commander Ron Borza also offers up some new information, details about their suspect. So I was at that press conference, and that, that was the big moment, right, where... They start to give us an update and they say, well, we're gonna hold off on releasing his name until we get charges on this guy, but we're planning to file evading arrest charges because they said he took off from police when they were there. And they start telling us about the suspect and they say, you just kind of casually mentioned, yeah, and he was out on bond for another crime. We are actively looking for him today. Um, he's out on bond for another incident that happened back in November in Fort Bend County. And we don't have any charges on him yet, any hard charges. We're working on that now for the evading. And once we get that, we'll be able to release his name. But I don't want to release any names until we get hard charges on the suspect. And one of their other reporters asked, well, what was that crime? And the commander says, uh, murder. Did you know that parents rank financial literacy as the number one most difficult life skill to teach? Meet Greenlight, the debit card and money app for families. With Greenlight, you send instant money transfers, set up chores, automate allowance, and keep an eye on your kids' spending. With real-time notifications, kids learn to earn, save, spend wisely, and invest. And parents can rest easy knowing their kids are learning about money with guardrails in place. Get your first month free at greenlight.com slash odyssey. As if trying to find a loose tiger weren't already a tall enough order. Police were now also looking for an accused killer. I mean, this story was already nuts. You know, a tiger on the loose in Houston, the alleged owner flees with it, nobody can find it. And now you're saying that this guy that allegedly took off with the tiger is wanted for murder. Later that day, police would formally charge their suspect with evading arrest and release his name to the public. Victor Cuevas. Now police need your help finding this man, the Tigers owner, 26-year-old Victor Hugo Cuevas. 
This is a 2017 booking photo, but he is currently charged with felony evading arrest for leaving the scene with the tiger. That name, Victor Cuevas, was all Adam Bennett and his colleagues at KHOU needed to uncover the story behind that murder charge police had mentioned. A charge connected to a 2017 homicide case in neighboring Fort Bend County. It was a 20-year-old University of Houston student who was getting into his car outside of a restaurant in Fort Bend County. And witnesses say they heard shots. Then they saw two people take off on sport motorbikes. I know that the sheriff at the time had told us he thought this may be related to drugs. uh, But we later find out uh, Victor Cuevas, the suspect in the Tiger case, his lawyer was saying that it was self-defense. So we looked a little bit more into his background. We also found out that his bond had already been revoked four times on that murder charge. And these were not low bonds. Most of these were $125,000, which typically you have to post about 10%. So putting up 12.5 every time is no joke. No joke at all. And as you can imagine, this new evading arrest charge would put his bond on thin ice once again. And it's not long after Victor Cuevas's name hit the news that police are able to track him down. Once they put his name out there, a little bit later that evening, his lawyer actually said he had arranged with Houston police to have his client surrender. But that a few minutes, maybe 15 minutes before that was supposed to happen, they actually, the police actually just ended up showing up at Cuevas's mother's house in Fort Bend County and arrested him there and took him into custody. Not found at the mom's house, the missing Bengal tiger. Enter Michael Elliott, Victor Cuevas's attorney, who was none too happy about the arrest. Oh, it's just a nasty little system that we've sort of evolved into, and it's particularly bad in Harris County, where they have learned, these judges here and the district attorney office here has learned that if they arrest somebody, especially out of county, they can hold them there for an extended period of time with no bond. And uh, so what in this instance, what they did was they arrested my client in Fort Bend County. What Naturally, I- it only takes a few minutes for reporters at this press conference to start lobbing questions about the tiger. Now, the reporters are off mic, so I'll fill in a few blanks. Where's the tiger? Where is the tiger? That's a good question. We were working with the federal and state authorities to try to lead them and give them information we had about the owner of the tiger and how they might find the tiger and the owner of the tiger. And I thought they were working with us in good faith. I thought they were actually interested in solving this case rather than doing a double cross and running to the house and arresting my client before we can even finish helping them. That's what we were trying to do is help them. So is your client not the owner of the tiger? My client is not the owner of the tiger. That's exactly right. And we were working with state and federal authorities, I thought, until I now learned that HPD is nothing but double crossers and they cannot be trusted. But your client is the person who got the tiger under control in the video. My client is clearly the one who captured the tiger and brought it back in so that nothing happened. Yes, he did do that. Did your client drive away with the tiger? There's no evidence that I've seen to suggest that he's the one to drive away with the tiger. Somebody, he doesn't even have a white SUV, okay? So I don't know who drove away with the tiger. I don't know who has the tiger, but we did have information that would be helpful. But again, apparently HPD is more interested in games and tricks than they are of trying to get to the truth. They're more interested in locking people up than they are of trying to be safe for animals and to try to save taxpayers' money. On the video, you can hear your client say, it's my tiger, it's my tiger. Well, I don't think that's what he says. I think he says, I'll get it, I'll get it, I'll get it. That's what that's what I hear, okay? And um, maybe you hear something different out of that. I don't know, but that's not what I heard, that he was trying to bring the tiger in. And just because 
you have uh, some familiarity with the animal and you have some knowledge of how to handle the animal, that doesn't mean that you're the owner of the animal. The following day, Michael Elliott would answer even more questions during a visit to the Fort Bend County Jail. And that's when we learned for the first time the tiger's name. The attorney tells us his name is India. He's a nine-month-old male Bengal tiger. He repeats his claim that Victor Cuevas is not the owner. And then he says that the real owner is a guy, he only had a first name, named DeAndre, or who goes by the letter D. He did not have a last name for us. He says this is a guy that Victor Cuevas met a few months earlier when he was buying some domesticated dogs, legal dogs. And then he shows us a printout of a screenshot allegedly from D threatening his client. And this was allegedly after all of the headlines came out that the tiger was on the loose, that it was, belonged allegedly to Victor Cuevas. It said something along the lines of like, you're dead. That's pretty serious stuff. That is, if the guy is real. We call that number about an hour later and we get the do-do-do. So we were never able to get a hold of this DeAndre D. We were never able to find out where he lived. Uh, Victor Cuevas or his attorney said he didn't have that information. And then there were a few questions that he wasn't answering, either because he says, look, I don't have the facts. I haven't had time to get that information from my client. Or he would cite attorney-client privilege. But surely investigators could do something with this promising lead. He also said that he provided the name of this DeAndre or D to police and that they were just sitting on it. They weren't doing anything with it. And I called police about that and they just said, yeah, we, we have a first name, but that's about it. And they said that could be a lot of people in Houston. I mean, it's like us calling and saying, hey, there's a guy named Adam. Well, what do you, what do, you do with that? Cue the sad trombone player. Glad we hired that guy. Anyway, with no sign of this DeAndre, the tiger search continued. By Tuesday, May 11th, India had been on the lam for two days. In that time, the nine-month-old Bengal tiger had captured the attention of not only Houston-area residents, but people all over the country. And for better or for worse, with all of this taking place only a year after Tiger King came out on Netflix and turned us all into armchair tiger experts, it feels like it was only a matter of time before we heard from big cat rescue founder Carol Baskin. If you know, you know. Well, clearly somebody knows where this cat is, and the best thing they can do is reach out to law enforcement and let them know. Big cat expert and Netflix series star Carol Baskin says whoever is hiding India the tiger tonight is potentially in danger. You can't train a tiger, right? No, they, they always grow up to be who they are, which are apex killers. Could easily have killed an adult and even more easily killed a child. They have those instincts that they cannot control. If that man had turned his back or had run, that cat would have made a lunge for the back of his neck. After two more days without sign of India, Carol Baskin would even offer a $5,000 reward. But still, information was slow to come, and Adam Bennett spent the week trying to nail down whatever details he could about the search. It was frustrating as a reporter because it was hard to get answers, because you would call police and say, hey, what's the latest on the Tiger investigation? And I was not the only one calling. Everybody was interested in this story. And with high-profile cases like this, they typically will, will tweet out information, which is what they were doing. And they said, look, when we get something, we'll tweet it out. But at this point, 
We're just, we're still asking the public to call us. So it sounds like it was very much dependent on the, the public calling them. Now, later in the week, we would find out that we would get an update from Commander Ron Borza that Friday, and he would say, we've gotten between 200 to 300 tips. We've checked them all out. He also said that they made the rounds to all of the known exotic animal dealers around the city. He said it's a pretty tight-knit group, checked with all of them, and they all said they don't know anything. They don't know where this tiger's at. You want us to just fire a question there? Sure. Okay, let's talk about the tiger. What's the latest? Where is it? The latest, uh, we do not know. Um, My animal cruelty unit, I have uh, one sergeant, five officers. We've literally filled probably... Two, three hundred phone calls, and I'm also working with Bark. They probably got the same amount or more phone calls than we have. We've gone to a few locations here in Houston, and we have not had any luck finding the tiger yet. Is the guy completely uncooperative in terms of trying to track it down? So far, he is. Uh, he and his lawyer are uncooperative right now. He is in a bond hearing this morning in Fort Bend County to revoke his uh, murder bond. So I'm hoping that that occurs, and maybe if he goes to jail, he'd be more cooperative with us. We'll see how that goes. I'm sorry to interrupt, sir, but does the DA and do not police and, and multiple agencies not have some degree of leverage upon him to find the tiger, given all of his legal troubles? We were hoping that was happening, but it hasn't happened yet, but we're still going to work on that. Can I ask you just one thought? Because everybody is just going crazy with this tiger thing, you know that. Yes, sir. So what are the nature of the tips you get? Are you getting geographical locations? Are you getting, I just saw something crazy out here? What, 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 are, the, what are the tips look like that come in? Uh... They're a little bit crazy. A lot of sightings that haven't panned out for us. And we've, like I said, we've got, we know the, the group of people that are involved in the exotic animal trade here in Houston. We deal with them all the time. My animal cruelty unit does. We visited all of them, and uh, no luck so far. Do you have, and I swear I'll stop asking questions about the tiger, but do you have any inkling, I mean, being a, you know, a veteran law enforcement member, do you have any gut feeling of where this thing may be? I mean, is it out in the wild? Has it been ferried off to somewhere exotic? What are your thoughts? No, I believe since Monday that tiger's probably been passed around six, seven, eight times to different locations here in Houston. I don't think it's out of Houston yet. Maybe out of the county, but uh, I don't think so. I think it's still here in Houston. On the same day of this press conference in Houston, a court hearing is scheduled to get underway over in Fort Bend County for Victor Cuevas, who by this point had bonded out of jail on his evading arrest charge. So <laughs> I got to start with before the court hearing even started. I'm upstairs. My colleague Michelle Choi is downstairs. She's doing a, an outside press conference with Michael Elliott, Cuevas' attorney. Has your client's bond ever been revoked before? There has been instances before, and it's kind of a long story, the ins and outs of the history. And it's just him at that point. He's standing there. He's talking to reporters in front of all the microphones, all the cameras. When all of a sudden, this white Bentley pulls up behind him, and who steps out but Victor Cuevas in a really nice, tailored, three-piece suit, It was just one of those moments where it's like, again, you think you've seen the craziest twists and turns in this case, and then something else happens. It was so unexpected. And um, (laughs) the prosecutors actually, they asked Cuevas' wife about this, and then the lawyer addressed it later. Both Cuevas' lawyer and his wife claimed that the Bentley belonged to a friend, though they couldn't give us a name on who this friend was. And uh, Cuevas' attorney said that originally his client was going to court in a pickup truck, but it broke down, and so he called his friend, he phoned a friend, and asked him to bring the Bentley. And he admitted it's 
probably isn't the best optics. <laughs> it doesn't look great, but it was just one of those like in a day full of memorable moments. That was a big one. It definitely got the, the, the hearing started off on a memorable note. The hearing Cuevas rolled up to in style was a bond revocation hearing pertaining to his 2017 murder charge. Prosecutors were going to argue that his bond should be revoked because, as they would allege, he broke the terms of his previous agreement by speeding away from police officers with a tiger in tow. And Cuevas' attorney, Michael Elliott, was set to make the case that his client never should have been charged with evading arrest in the first place. And like everything else in this story, it was about to get dramatic. You know, I, you hear bond revocation hearing, and I'm thinking this will maybe be over in an hour or two. You know, we were already talking about where we were going to go to lunch. This thing went all day. It felt like a trial. In total, five witnesses were called, including Cuevas' probation officer, Cuevas' stepfather, the off-duty deputy who held the tiger at gunpoint, and one of the responding Houston police officers. But at least as it pertains to the ongoing tiger search, perhaps the most interesting testimony came from Victor Cuevas' wife. Could you tell the judge your name, please? Georgia Cuevas. And how old a young lady are you? Um, 22 years old. And do you work? You're in school? What do you do, so to speak, on a regular basis? I'm a computer programmer and I go to school for computer science. Victor's attorney begins by asking Georgie Cuevas a couple questions about the couple's history with exotic animals. <clears throat> what involvement have you had involving any exotic animals, particularly tigers? None. Have you seen or been around the tigers? Yes. All right. I'm sure the judge and, for that matter, probably the whole world wants to kind of know about tigers. Are you, can you tell us a little bit about the tigers that's been involved in your life and Victor's life and surrounding this case? Objection on relevancy. Michael Elliott, the attorney, shifts gears for a few minutes before working his way back to questions about the tiger. And when you got there, was there a tiger at the residence when you got there? Yes. Now, is this a tiger that you, I'm going to use the word no, I may be the incorrect word, but is this tiger that was there, is this a tiger that you had seen in the past? Objection, Your Honor. Relevance. We are here for evading arrest. So this whole thing is about a tiger and the no, tiger sir. involvement and the police coming and everything surrounding the tiger and the involvement of Victor and the Objection, tigers and what was going on. Yes, sir. The whole reason they were there because of tigers and they showed the pictures of the tigers and the whole world has seen the tigers and what, you know, was it good or bad or whatever. I wanted, this young lady can explain firsthand about the tigers, about the involvement, about the potential danger or not. Everything about the tigers that was going on on May the 9th and surrounding thereof, uh, you need to understand what that is to be able to get a feel for what this is because the state has portrayed it as being some heinous something, so dangerous and everything else. That's what they're all talking about. That's why we had to come. Code 2. I mean, all these kind of things, Judge. She wants to put this in context so you and the rest of the world will understand it. Objection sustained. It was one objection after another, after another, and each side arguing their case to the judge, and it was sustained, overruled, and it just, it felt like there were just constant interruptions for seven hours. And they were really getting into the weeds and going off on tangents on things. It, it felt like this was the Tiger trial, not the bond revocation hearing for a 2017 murder charge. 
Six minutes and a whole bunch more objections later, we do get a few more Tiger questions. And then what did you witness happen next? Um, Victor leaving the house. Okay, what was, what, what was, did you and Victor have a conversation? Yes, the bunny animal oh. to safety. Okay, and so what did you tell, don't ask what Victor said, what did you tell Victor to do? Um, uh, to go into his car. To do what with the animal? To okay, to, to put the animal to safety. Mm-hmm. Now, was this Victor's animal? No. Whose animal was it? Do you know? Um, no, I don't know the name, but I know it's not Victor's. He was just his caretaker. Okay, he was caretaking. Mm-hmm. Is this something that happens on occasion? On occasion, yes. Okay, and that's what was happening on this day? Yes. All right. She also testified that she was the one who told her husband to go put the tiger in his car and put it to safety. And then the other really interesting thing that she testified was what Victor does for a living. What does um, the defendant do while he's up and out on bond? He's a fighter and barber, and he does Airbnb as well. Okay. That she said that he is an MMA fighter, a barber, and that he helps with his friend's Airbnb. And I think for me, that's one of the other really big unanswered questions in this case is where's all the money coming from? the money to keep bonding Cuevas out over and over and over. And over. Cuevas would leave this hearing with a new bond, one he would eventually make. The judge chooses to revoke Cuevas' prior bond on this murder charge. This is about the murder charge from 2017, not the evading arrest charge. And he decides to replace it with a higher bond of $300,000. Prosecutors had wanted $500,000 but they ultimately said they were satisfied with what they got. They just wanted some level of accountability for Cuevas repeatedly breaking his bond conditions. And so Cuevas was remanded into custody. He was placed in handcuffs in the courtroom and immediately taken back to the Fort Bend County Jail. Just when he thought his day at court couldn't get any weirder, Adam Bennett says, well, it did. His attorney, Victor Cuevas' attorney, Michael Elliott, had several photos and a video that he wanted to introduce as evidence. And the judge wouldn't let him. I'm not exactly sure what the reasoning for that was, because at that point I was doing live shots and my colleague uh, was inside the courtroom. But he shows all these photos and videos to reporters afterwards, and they're photos of Victor Cuevas cuddling with India. Victor's love for this cat good, bad, or indifferent is real. They're all of him with India. There's a video of him, like India's got like a rope in his mouth and Cuevas is holding the other end and he's running in a circle around India and India's like <laughs> rotating on its back. I mean, it looks like you're playing with like a, a house cat or a dog. All right, whatever you are doing right now, stop and take a look at this. It is not something you see every day, folks. New video tonight showing the man at the center of the tiger mystery playing with that big cat as if it was a regular house cat. It was a strange end to a strange day to close out a strange, strange week. And somehow, none of these twists and turns seem to be bringing us any closer to finding India the Tiger. After a bizarre draining day in court and six days of reporting on India, Adam Bennett was starting to wonder if we'd seen the last of the nine-month-old Bengal tiger. Well, at that point, it felt like the tiger search was cold. And, I'm, and I was wondering to myself after that day, that was, that was Friday, and it was also my Friday. You know, schedules can be weird in the news industry, but that was my Friday. And I was wondering, 
man, how am I going to pick up on this story on Monday? Like, what's what's the new angle here? Because I know there's still interest. You know, a lot of people want to know where's the tiger, what's the latest with Victor Cuevas. But it's like, where do you go from here? We're not getting much from police. It looks like the trail's gone cold on their end. And then Saturday rolls around. So it's Saturday night, about 8 o'clock. I'm out of town. I'm off that day. I'm at the bar, just ordered my second drink, and my work phone rings. And I was like, oh, that's not good. <laughs> you know when your boss is calling you, something's up. But I had a hunch that I knew what this was about. So I pick up. Hey, Bill, what's going on? Hey, man, they found the tiger. On May 15th, six days after India was first spotted outside in West Houston, Houston police tweeted that he'd been found. They followed that up with a 14-second video in which Commander Ron Borza is petting the big cat and Georgie Cuevas, Victor's wife, is feeding him with a bottle. Commander, it's been a long week for looking for this guy. It really has been, <laughs> but we got him, and he's healthy. Later that night, Borza would hold a press conference explaining that it was Georgie, or Gia Cuevas, who initiated the transfer of the Tiger to Houston police. And uh, she wanted to turn the, uh, the Tiger over to us. And we met on the west side of town. We transferred the Tiger to uh, HPD and Bark, and we brought him to Bark here. The Tiger appears to be in very good health. And you were in a video earlier with the animal. Can you explain to people why we did that to make sure that the Tiger, everyone knew it was safe? The reason I did that, uh, I let Gia come along with us, the owner of the, of the Tiger, because of the stress the Tiger's been through for the last couple of weeks. He was uh, obviously agitated. And uh, we got in the trailer with him. Gia fed him while we uh, sat there and pet him. But the animal likes attention. But in no way, shape, or form should you have an animal like that in your household. That animal is only nine months old. It already weighs 175 pounds, full grown. That animal can get to 600 pounds. It still had its claws, and uh, it could do a lot of damage if he decided to. Luckily for us, he's very tame, and uh, he will be going to a sanctuary tomorrow where hopefully he'll live the rest of his life in a very safe environment. So you found the tiger with its owner. You're confirming it did not belong The owner to brought it to us. Can you explain the connection between her and Victor Cuevas, and is she going to face any charges? Uh, we have no charges pending right now. Victor Cuevas, I believe, is, is uh, her husband. So the woman, Gia, in the video, yes. that's Gia? Yes, that's Gia. She owns the uh, tiger, her and Victor. So it is Victor's tiger? It is Victor's tiger. Despite his attorney saying I'm going with this Victor's tiger. That's what I was told by her, and she's the wife of Victor, and she says she's had that animal for nine months, and it's approximately nine months old. Any idea where they purchased the tiger? That we haven't got into. Probably worth noting, this was just one day after Georgie Cuevas testified in court that India wasn't Victor's tiger. During that press conference, Commander Borza said, quote, it is Victor's tiger. He said that Gia, Victor's wife, told him that, that they had had the animal for nine months. That's nine months old, so pretty much for its whole life. He said that he still doesn't know where they got it originally, but the commander did say that the tiger had been passed around, that Gia knew where it was at all times. But he says he does not know where the tiger had been that week. Adam Bennett would spend the next day filling in more and more of the remaining blanks. So turns out we learned the next day that the key person responsible for 
kind of brokering the anonymous surrender of India the Tiger is Linda McInville. Linda McInville is the owner of a family fitness club in Houston called Club Westside, which has exotic animal exhibits. She's also the wife of Jim McInville, better known around the state and around the country as Mattress Mac, a furniture store owner who always seems to be in the news, whether it's for opening his stores to provide shelter during the winter storms in Texas earlier this year, or for betting more than $3 million in June on the Astros to win a World Series. But how this high-profile Houston couple got involved in a story about a missing tiger and an accused murderer, Adam Bennett figured he better ask Linda McInville directly. Um, when did you first meet them and under what context? Um, they came to our club as a guest of um, a person who used to be a member here. And then um, I think they, they came like a couple times as guests. And they love the animals. And so when they were here, they would, you know, can we see the monkeys and this and that? And that kind of started the relationship. And they would ask me questions about the monkeys and things like that. So that's how I know them is through the club here. Yeah. The story was she had originally met the Cuevases about a year ago, a couple of times. They had toured Club West Side as guests of a member. And they both shared her love of animals. She also told me that she had given the Cuevases to capuchin monkeys that she was trying to find a home for. And those are legal in the city of Houston. And she said that, you know, they'd actually showed her pictures of the tiger back then, but, you know, she knew that, she, she believed that they were living outside of Houston at the time. They weren't, they weren't renting that home in Houston city limits. Um, it's legal in, you know, out in the county. And she said she kind of treated it like a mom thing, like, hey, be careful, you know, these tigers can get really big. Maybe you shouldn't care for this long term but didn't really think much of it beyond that. Have you ever said anything to them like, hey, just be careful, kind of what you were telling me, they're carnivorous animals and you proceed with caution? Yeah, I kind of treated it like a mom thing. Like, you know, I don't really think you should keep that animal long-term. That animal's going to get too big for you. You know, they're cute as babies, you know, things like that. Um, so they know that I was kind of like, oh, you can't keep a tiger. You know, you cannot keep one. It's crazy. Fast forward about nine months to the day after India the Tiger goes missing. Linda Mackingville says she gets a call from somebody at Bark, which is Houston's animal shelter. They contacted her once they found out about the capuchin monkeys that she'd given to the Cuevases. And they asked if she knew the couple. She said that she did and kind of told them the story of what I'm telling you. And that was pretty much that. Didn't really go anywhere beyond that. Later in the week, Wednesday or Thursday, she says that somebody at Bark followed up to see if she could reach out to the Cuevases and help get India back to them. So she had a number for the Cuevases. She didn't know if it was Victor's number or Gia's number, but she texted that number and she said the conversation was really short, that the person on the other end just said they don't know where India is. They basically said, you know, we don't know who where the cat's at. I'm not actually i wasn't really sure which whose number it was whether it was because i just had a number but i didn't have it saved on my phone or anything so i didn't know if it was victor or georgie but um i reached out and then that was kind of the end of the conversation a couple days later saturday mackinville says she hears from gia and the gia says she was able to find india the tiger mackinville says gia then asked her hey is it cool if i have somebody drop off the tiger anonymously, as long as we can ensure that the tiger is going to be okay. Linda Mackinville agrees to that. It's going to be an anonymous drop-off. So Mackinville tells Bark, which is animal control, tells Bark officers to be on standby for when India arrives that evening. So about 7 o'clock, Mackinville leaves a back gate open at her Club West side. 
and somebody comes in, they drop the tiger off, leave it there, they leave, she doesn't know who it is, and Linda McEvil goes out, makes sure that the animal's okay, makes sure that the animal's secure, and then Gia arrives separately with animal control officers coming just moments later as well. I was gonna ask what Georgie's demeanor was. Did she seem sad? Was she upset? Was it relief? Um, have you talked to her since? Any, any kind of insight you can get there? She she loves that cat. You know, they, I mean, you could tell she was very sad. And when Bart came, you know, she asked if she could go down there with them. So then she went back down there. So I think she probably was having a hard time thinking that he would be going away forever, you know, away from them, you know. Animal control officers took India from Club West Side to the city's animal shelter and arranged for him to be taken to an animal sanctuary. The next morning, some, some officials, some employees of the Cleveland Amory Black Beauty Ranch, it's an a- animal sanctuary a little bit east of Dallas that has a wide variety of animals, including tigers, including a tiger from Houston a couple years ago, actually. They come down and they take possession of the tiger and they take it to their ranch. Uh, we are happy to take India uh, back home to Black Beauty, where he will be introduced into a half-acre, naturally wooded habitat with a pool, trees, platform, and a proper nutritious diet. Our goal is to provide him the best quality of life for the rest of his life, and we hope that he will spend the rest of his life at Black Beauty. Um, We are staunch supporters of the Big Cat Public Safety Act, which would limit private ownership and public contact with these dangerous animals. These animals, while they are beautiful and majestic, they are wild. You cannot tame a tiger just by raising them from a baby. It takes thousands of years to domesticate a species. You're not gonna domesticate a tiger. And so while he is playful at this age as an adult, he can be deadly. And so it's our goal to not have these animals as pets. They do not belong in people's homes. They belong in the wild. And when they can't be in the wild, we as a sanctuary are happy to step up and take them. Actually on May 27th, uh, the Humane Society, which runs the ranch, they release, they released some videos of India just splashing around in a pool, playing with a ball, jumping on some platforms, has a nice half-acre wooded habitat, just seemed really happy and healthy. If you ask me, that's a pretty steep upgrade from the home where India was first spotted by neighbors. The property owner, who does not want to be identified, but who we, we talked to, he did tell me that inside the house, it, it looked like a lot of space had been cleared out. So the tiger could roam around. It looks like probably lived in, in the bedroom upstairs. They said also, police said there was like an enclosure outside to where maybe it could, it could you know, go outside and go between outside and inside. They actually think it jumped a fence. That's how they think it got out. But uh, the property owner told me that there was $1,000 worth of meat in the refrigerator <laughs> when they toured the property uh, after, after all was said and done. They also said that uh, you know they've they've were immediately starting eviction proceedings. And my understanding, based on a, another article, is that 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 has happened. That some some men in uh, expensive cars came to pick up some of the possessions in the house and then just drove off after that. Still a mystery to this day: where India came from and where he was during the week his stripes were all over the news. I don't know if the cat changed any hands or not from the time that Victor had the cat on Mother's Day until today. 
I just don't know the answer to that. And there may have been some hand changing or there may not have been. But however uh, it happened and whosever hands it was in, they obviously did take good care of the cat. With so many questions still left unanswered, Carol Baskin says her $5,000 reward remains on the table for specific information that helps law enforcement convict those responsible for this whole saga. To date, neither Victor nor Georgie Cuevas has been charged with any crimes related to ownership or possession of a tiger. Back in May, KHOU legal expert Carmen Rowe said that doesn't necessarily mean they're out of the woods on that front. I think they both can be charged with the Class C misdemeanor of having an exotic animal inside the city limits. I think it's clear that maybe she didn't have possession of the tiger over the last six days, but that they've had that tiger for months. So what about the argument that somebody else actually owns it, that they're the caretakers? No, I don't think that ownership is necessary. If they were in possession of an exotic animal inside the city limits, I think that they can be charged with that offense. I think more interesting is that she gave testimony at Cuevas' bond hearing on Friday. And while it's not a crime to lie to the police, it is a crime to lie under oath. And I think those prosecutors are going to review her testimony. And if they catch her lying, they will charge her with perjury. For now, Victor Cuevas remains out on bond, awaiting trial for that 2017 murder charge. I can tell you he's been at the MMA gym a lot. He posts a lot of Instagram videos from there. Uh, he had told the judge, or his lawyer had told the judge, that he would be living with his stepdad, who runs a, like a small cybersecurity business. And his stepdad said, you know, he'll come and work for me. I'll help keep him out of trouble. Don't know if that's actually the case. We've reached out to him for an interview through Instagram. From what I've heard, he seems to be open to it, but his lawyer's telling him not to talk at this point. Um, said there may be some kind of a press conference in the future with him just because there's so much interest in this case. As far as his legal situation, the big date is gonna be December the 8th. That's when his murder trial in Fort Bend County is scheduled to take place. But for now, he is free on bond. Just to see if he could do it, we asked Adam Bennett if he could sum this whole story up in under 30 seconds. Tiger gets loose from house in West Houston neighborhood. Alleged owner takes off with Tiger. <laughs> Tiger is missing for six days. Everybody in the city is looking for it. It captures headlines all over the world. Alleged Tiger owner was also out on bond for murder. <laughs> And then Tiger ends up being anonymously returned through a deal brokered by the owner of a fitness club that also has exotic animals and who happens to be the wife of a famous furniture, furniture store owner and philanthropist here in town. 34 seconds. So close, Adam. Next time on Strangeville. When the phone rang, who was on the other end? Well, the FBI, uh, um, an agent from the FBI was at the other end. What did they say? They, had, they uh, assured me that uh, I wasn't in any trouble and that they um, were inquiring about a painting that was found in my aunt's house. Strangeville is a Vault Studios production. Our writer and producer is Reed Redman. Richard Humphreys at Tacoma Media in Silver Spring, Maryland, mixes and edits the show. Executive producers are Brian Weiss and me, Will Johnson. Thanks to Adam Bennett and the rest of the team at KHOU. You can check out all of their coverage of this story, including a whole bunch of exclusive interviews with those involved at khou.com and on KHOU's YouTube page. Until next time, keep an eye on your neighbor's lawn, and thanks for listening.